And all points, north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in. It is Friday. It's Saturday Eve, so we're delightedly happy here in the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World, King's Court. The show you hear live every Monday through Friday right here, 7 to 9 Central Time on kevinslaytonshow.com. But not only will you hear the podcast on kevinslaytonshow.com, you'll hear it also on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, Anchor. Any place you hear podcasts, you'll find us where you have firmly placed us among the top 5% of podcasts worldwide. That's over 3 million podcasts. We're in the top 5%, and we thank you for the support uh, that you've given us, and we thank you for the support you give our sponsors, because that's the only way we're on the air. And boy, do we have a show for you today. We're going to take you back in time, and it's going to scare you, so be prepared to be scared. As you look at what's going on in this country today, we're going to take you back and use the words of a Tremendous broadcaster slash writer slash war correspondent William Shirer in the 1930s and 40s in Berlin, The Nightmare Years, was the book he wrote. And I'm going to read to you his descriptions of what was going on there and some of the people that were surrounding Hitler in the government. And, and if it echoes to today and the people in government today, I think you and I are thinking on the same lines. You won't believe it. I mean, you truly won't. The words that this esteemed writer slash broadcaster used, he was one of the Murrow boys for CBS at the time covering the war, but he was also a tremendous writer. And it is unbelievable if I substituted names of today's people in government like Mayorkas for, I don't know, maybe Ribbentrop 
the Nazi general, you might think it's the same person. It's scary stuff. You'll also hear some of the hearings in Congress yesterday. You won't believe that either. Uh, I could substitute some of these Nazis, as you'll hear the descriptions of them from William Shirer, for Dan Goldman, for instance, or a Diane Wasserman Schultz, any of those idiotic people that are in Congress, yesterday questioning Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger, two journalists who were of left-wing roots, who have now abandoned the Democrats because they're such rotten people and their ideas are so distant to the Constitution. And to listen to these befuddled idiots try to question these two intelligent journalists is fun stuff. And you'll hear some of it today. (laughs) You won't believe it. Trust me, I'm giving you fair warning. It is pretty incredible. You'll hear the bobblehead. That's right. Mika Scarborough's uh, next of kin. Actually referring to John Kennedy, the senator from Louisiana, as a racist. Of course, everyone's a racist to liberals, right? You can't live unless you're one of them and not be a racist. You could say... You know, I hope the Cardinals win this year, but I don't think they will. You racist. You're a racist for everything. You know, I really enjoy a good vanilla ice cream cone. You racist. Why don't you like chocolate? Why don't you like brown? Why don't you like Neapolitan? You're a racist. You know, it's raining out this morning. You racist. That's white people's weather. They're nuts. Everything you say or do renders you a racist in the minds of these demented, whack jobs who belong in 1930s Berlin. And then we've got the climate change weirdos meeting in some exotic place in the Middle East. As Newt Gingrich will tell you today, the irony of people who are against gas and oil going to the haven of gas and oil to tell you how bad gas and oil are. (laughs) The idiocy of these people will always strike me. We're also going to hear before the show's over from a former mobster, a rat, as they say, Sammy the Bull Gravano, who will liken and compare the Biden regime to the mob that he was a part of. And you'll come out having new respect for the mob and wishing the mob were in control of the government. We've got more than that, but that's just an appetizer. It is Friday. The weekend is coming. It's championship college football weekend. All of the conference championships are up for grabs. And that means the playoffs will be decided after this weekend. Missouri will find out what bowl game it's going to. So there's all kinds of things going on this weekend, and that's why you need your Monster Energy drink to start off. I've already had mine. My Zero Ultra, that means zero sugar, 10 carbs. Boom, I'm ready to go. Bring that weekend to me. Bring two radio shows today that I do. This one and one at noon on 590 The Fan, which is sports, our Monster Energy Drink sports show. But I wanted that punch of energy, and I want it every morning, and I get it from Monster Energy Drink. And I love the way Monster Energy Drink does their business. Most companies will spend their money on ad agencies or TV commercials or billboards. They want to tell you how good their products are. But at Monster, they do it a little differently. It's not just a drink that they're promoting. It's a lifestyle in a can. If you check it out, they're on the scene where their athletes or the sporting events that they're sponsoring are all about. 
And what are they doing there? Well, they might be bringing your favorite band into your hometown and they're supporting it with parties. They're creating events and making them into a reality. And it's fun. You want to be at your best? You want to be at the top of your game? It's the most badass energy drink on the planet that you need. That's Monster Energy Drink. Unleash the beast in you. Our phone lines are always open for you, 636-348-4460, Now, you've heard Mayorkas, and you've heard Biden, and you've heard Harris, and you've heard Schumer, and all of the P-Brains, Pelosi, Schiff, Liz Cheney, all, all of the Democrats uh, in Congress. You've heard them talk, and, and you've formed your own opinion, I'm sure. But I took the book, and I've been reading the book, The Nightmare Years by William Shirer, It's a memoir of his war years as a war correspondent writing and broadcasting for CBS News. When CBS News was actually reliable and it was considered the gemstone of the broadcasting industry. Not anymore. And so the way Hitler would run Germany with the war correspondents was he would dispatch one of his party leaders every uh, month or two the head of their foreign affairs office, Alfred Rosenberg, to meet with the war correspondents and have beer and uh, they'd sit at tables and someone would go to each table and talk and kind of give them the brief of what the Nazis were up to. Of course, they left out 99% of it. But the way he described these, these people around Hitler, for instance, he describes Alfred Rosenberg, the foreign affairs office, uh, head of that office, a crack-brained dolt who Hitler had appointed, among other things, the party's official philosopher. <laughs> a crack brain dolt. Do we know anybody like that? Um, Rudolf Hess, the somewhat dim-witted deputy to the Fuhrer. Joachim, Joachim von Ribbentrop, a vain, pompous, incredibly stupid man who eventually would become foreign minister. I mean, when I read these descriptions, I'm thinking, my God, here they are. Rosenberg, he found especially stupid, though he said wasn't personally repulsive, as were Ribbentrop, von Ribbentrop and Goebbels and Himmler. But Shira wrote, what Rosenberg lacked in repulsiveness, he made up in befuddlement. The official Nazi philosopher was the most muddled of men, tedious, dull, verbose, and just plain stupid. His theories of race, the superiority of the Aryan Germans and the inferiority and sickness of the Jews, were idiotic, and his ignorance of history almost total. Yet in top Nazi circles, which included Hitler, he was considered the chief intellectual of the party. (laughs) In any other society, he would not, he could not, have been taken seriously. Does that sound like somebody you know? Somebody you're familiar with in Washington? Rosenberg, however, had gotten a degree in architecture, and Hitler wanted one and couldn't get one because he was denied entrance into the uh, School of Fine Arts in Vienna. So he thought Rosenberg was a genius. And from that moment on, Rosenberg's staggering incompetence and ineptitude, despite this, Hitler gave him one opportunity after another to gather power in the Nazi scheme of things. Rosenberg wrote a book called The Myth of the 20th Century, a ludicrous concoction of his half-baked ideas on Nordic supremacy. Hitler himself tried to read it, only to confess to his cronies it was impossible to get through. Nevertheless, 
it became a bestseller next to the Nazi Bible Mein Kampf in sales. Most of the misfits around Hitler were so outlandishly stupid that it was almost impossible to believe they were playing key roles in running this great and powerful country. Talking to them informally brought you abruptly down to the stark reality of the mad Hitlerian world. Boy, does that sound familiar. That's where we are. Dr. Bernhard Rust was the first Nazi cabinet member, the Minister of Education that the Foreign Correspondents met. His qualifications for the job, Shira wrote, of presiding over German education, once the envy of the Western world, were astonishing. In 1930, he had been dismissed uh, by authorities as a provincial schoolmaster in Hanover for manifesting, quote, an instability of the mind, which perhaps stemmed from his fanatical Nazism. On assuming power, Hitler named him uh, Gautelier of Hanover and Prussian Minister of Education, in which the latter post he was soon boasting that he was liquidating the school as an institution of intellectual acrobatics, whatever that means. He fired all the teachers. Now here's something that's very scary. According to Shira, the more he delved into the subject, the more unbelievable it became. The great German universities now began to teach what they called German physics, German chemistry, German mathematics. What are they teaching here? Critical race theory, black history. They want to erase white history and white people from the face of the earth, even though they're white. Very bizarre. Very bizarre that the teachings of the German Nazi government espouse some of the same insanity regarding race that they're teaching today in our schools in this country. This book is a warning, a warning shot fired across the bow, because that's what we're experiencing here. Those descriptions of those idiots in the Nazi hierarchy are the same descriptions you would use of the imbeciles in Washington today. And if you don't believe me, all you have to do is listen to them. Listen, for instance, to Anthony Blinken as he went into Israel on the eve of the war beginning again and scolded the Israelis, lecturing them on how they were to conduct themselves in a war against terrorists who slaughtered over 1,400 of them and took hundreds of hostages. The way Israel defends itself matters. It's imperative that Israel act in accordance with international humanitarian law and the laws of war, even when confronting a terrorist group that respects neither. In my meetings today with the Prime Minister and senior Israeli officials, I made clear that before Israel resumes major military operations, it must put in place humanitarian civilian protection plans that minimize further casualties of innocent Palestinians. We know that every one of these elements is made more complicated by the fact that Hamas intentionally embeds itself with civilians within and below hospitals, schools, apartment buildings, refugee camps. But Israel has the most sophisticated, one of the most sophisticated militaries in the world. It is capable of neutralizing the threat posed by Hamas 
while minimizing harm to innocent men, women, and children. And it has an obligation to do so. Ultimately, that's not just the right thing to do, it's also in Israel's security interest. As I told the Prime Minister, intent matters, but so the result. Who does this guy think he is? As Elon Musk might tell him, Go fuck yourself. <laughs> is that clear? I hope it is clear. Blinken said he made it clear to Benjamin Netanyahu, and I think he made it clear too. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> is that clear? I hope that's what he told Blinken. That little pompous ass. Blinken reminds me of several of the Nazis that William Shiro was writing about. He reminds me of Himmler, for instance. He hasn't killed people that we know of yet. He hasn't conducted himself to construct death camps yet. Who does he think he is? Who does Biden think he is? Dispatching this little punk to go over there and tell Israel how they're to behave during war. Did anyone tell the United States how to behave during the Iraqi war after 9-11? And would we have listened? Of course not. And no one was foolish enough or arrogant enough to even attempt to tell us how to conduct ourselves. Only the United States under Biden considers itself arrogant, they don't even consider themselves arrogant enough, but important enough that their words have meaning. No one cares what Anthony Blinken once believes, desires, orders. Here's how delusional Blinken is. He actually proposes choices for Hamas. Hamas has choices too. Hamas could immediately release all of the hostages it holds. It could stop using civilians as human shields and stop using civilian infrastructure to stage and launch terrorist attacks. Hamas could lay down its arms, surrender the leaders who were responsible for the slaughter, the torture, the rapes of October 7th. Hamas could renounce its stated goal of eliminating Israel, killing Jews, and repeating the atrocities of October 7th again and again and again. This guy's insane. Okay, I don't care what you say. That is a psychiatrist's dream right there. Hamas could go ahead and release the hostages. They could lay down their arms. They could turn over the people responsible for October 7th. Sure they could. And I could fly without wings, without a plane. I could jump off buildings and survive because I can fly. I could do a lot of things that are impossible if I lived in a fantasy world like Blinken does. What do you think the Hamas leaders were doing when he was saying those things? They were opening beers, drinking a toast to the idiocy of the United States. They're counting on the idiocy of the United States. They're counting on the candy-ass behavior of Biden and his regime of idiots. And they delivered. We've already given you the version of what Benjamin Netanyahu is saying. But the Hamas people are dancing in the streets. They knew all along that they could play Biden like the fiddle that he is, and so that Biden would compromise the Israeli efforts. And that's exactly what's going on. It's playing perfectly to script for the Hamas terrorists. 
And it's right out of the page of idiots of the United States regime that's in charge. If Blinken's not dumb enough, how about Dan Goldman? This guy is actually has actually been elected to Congress, or, or so we think. We question every single election in this country. Believe me, I do. Now, this idiot decided to spar with Michael Schellenberger, who is actually a smart person, a journalist who was part of the uh, the drop of the Twitter files, and, of course, the lack of, or the censorship of, I should say, the New York Post breaking story on Hunter Biden's laptop. Dan Goldman is perhaps the only idiot left who actually believes the Hunter Biden laptop isn't real. You've talked about the Hunter Biden laptop and how the FBI knew it existed. You are aware, of course, that the uh, laptop, so to speak, was actually, that was published in the New York Post, was actually a hard drive that the New York Post admitted here was not authenticated as real. It was not the laptop the FBI had. You're aware of that, right? It was the same contents. How do you know? Because... uh, because it's the same. I mean, it's, you would have to authenticate it to know it was the same, same contents. contents. You have no idea. You are know, you hard drives can be manipulated. Are you suggesting the New York Post participating in a conspiracy to construct the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop? No, sir. The problem is that hard drives can be manipulated by Rudy Giuliani or Russia. But what's the evidence that that happened? Well, there is actual evidence of it, but the point is it's There's not no the evidence same thing. So you're engaging in a conspiracy. I'm glad right? you agree with me, Mr. Schellenberger, that transparency is the most important thing. And my last question for you is, do you think it would be transparent if Hunter Biden came to this Congress and testified in a public hearing and more transparent than if he testified privately? It's, I mean, literally, I've never thought about that. I have no idea. <laughs> You don't know. Totally never thought about is that. Public testimony more I mean, transparent than private testimony. Are you familiar with the first Mr. Chairman? I yield back. Congress shall take no action to abridge freedom of speech. Yeah, and that's what you just described, Mr. Shell. I love it. I literally have not ever thought about that stupid ass question that you just asked me, but I am more concerned with you, Dan Goldman, trying to censor freedom of speech which is exactly what Goldman was trying to do, and all the Democrats do it, and they have conspired with social media platforms, including Twitter, before Elon Musk bought it, to do exactly that. It's actually funny listening to that idiot. Then, Goldman, if you if you didn't think that was dumb enough, Goldman actually said that only 35% of the content of conservatives was censored. For him, that's okay. The social media platforms to whom they flagged potentially problematic tweets took action on only 35% of them. And only 13% of them were removed. It was 35% of of the URLs that were to EIP were labeled removed or soft blocked. That's all forms of censorship. That censorship is not just removal. But 65% were not. So how can the government be so, so coercive? So does the First Amendment say that's the about car for the course on government Does the First Amendment say the government can censor? The time of the gentleman has expired. They're not censoring. They're flagging in the social Fair media companies. So under, under coercion, 35% of the First Fair. Amendment? <laughs> it's okay if you just 
censor 35% of the First Amendment. (laughs) Oh, man. It's too good. This guy is so stupid, he belongs right there in the Hitler cabinet. So the William Shire can describe him aptly as the same as he did in the excerpts I just read to you about those Nazis. The stupidity of them is staggering. It astonishes any person of any kind of mediocre brain power that these people actually are in power. Poor Matt Taibbi. Did you grow up a liberal, Matt? And what do you think now of the liberals? They seem to hate free speech, don't they? I grew up um, a traditional kind of liberal. I, I donated to the ACLU my whole life. There is no element of that left in the Democratic Party. In fact, today was kind of an epiphany for me. I, I've kind of given up trying to convince people in this party to care about this issue. They just do not anymore. Uh, it's not a value that they uh, treasure at all. Wow. That's strong stuff. They don't treasure freedom of speech in the Democrat Party, spoken not by a conservative, but by a man who just told you that he was raised a liberal his entire life. His father was a correspondent, a network reporter. So he's grown up in the liberal cocoon of media. And yet he's wise enough to see the truth. And the truth is, the Democrats believe in censorship. They believe in taking away your rights to freedom of speech, just exactly as the Nazis did. These people have the exact description of the level of smarts that the Nazis had. They conduct themselves in the same way that the Nazis did. They believe in the same things that the Nazis did. And if you sit there and you listen right now and you say to me, Kevin, you're crazy, you're talking too much Nazi, then you are asleep at the switch. Shame on you. Because you belong in 1930s Germany while you sit there and you watch the Nazi takeover and you're thrilled by it because they're promising you jobs. Biden's promised you jobs too, hasn't he? Has he delivered? No. He keeps telling you he has. So did Hitler. And that's how they get you. But you got to be smarter than that. Truthfully, if you're not smarter than a liberal, you're really stupid. It isn't hard to be smarter than these people. They make it easy. And they're ignorant, and they're rude, and they're arrogant, and they're despicable. Just like Wasserman Schultz when she was questioning Matt Taibbi. Now this is a pathetically rude woman. Remember, always remember that this is the woman that fixed the Democratic primary for Hillary Clinton. Remember that? She rigged the questions that Hillary Clinton would be getting at a a debate. Nothing happened to her. She's still a congresswoman. She pathetically tries something with Matt Taibbi that is disgusting. Should social media companies allow rape and murder to be live streamed by terrorists on their platforms in order to create fear and incite violence? 
I believe that would violate their terms of service. So, so your answer is no. It should not. Do, they should not be allowed to do that. Live stream rape and murder. No, right. I, think that, I think that would count as speech that would be prohibited under their terms. Good, service. good. You do have absolutist policies, um, but I do not have absolute. Least, I do. I do not have. Please don't interrupt me. If a homeland security official echoed your opinion. You would call it censorship. Do not detest that woman. She accuses him of something. He says, no, I'm not that. And she says, don't interrupt me. Who are you? Who do you people think you are? At some point, I wish I was in there sitting where Matt Taibbi was. And when she said that to me, I would have said, who in the fuck do you think you are? You curly-headed bitch. Why don't you take your hairdo back to the 70s and plop your little ass back there? You rude, ignorant moron. Because that's exactly what she is. But that's what liberals are. And that's how I would handle it. I wouldn't sit there and take her crap. These people aren't important people. They have rigged their way to power. They have illegally put themselves in power, just like the Nazis did. Who does she think she is to talk to a guy like that who's come to Congress to testify. Don't interrupt me. Who do you think you are? You think you're my mother? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> is that clear? I hope it is. But she's not alone. They're all like that. Every one of them. Matt Taibbi, what's your response to her and to Goldman? <laughs> That's an even that might be the best ever. <laughs> I mean, it's it's mind blowing. Uh, the 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 Dan Goldman exchange was incredible to me. I, I wondered, you know, he's an attorney. I, I I wondered if he ever did defense law. If he went into court and said, "Your Honor, my client only is." 35% guilty. Um, was that, was that the tactic? Uh, he was essentially conceding the crime, but saying it was only a percentage crime. Uh, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz, uh, said, uh, accused me of saying the exact opposite of what I've said on record, uh, probably more than a dozen times. And, but that's been their tactic, as the chairman knows, throughout the, these hearings. Uh, they're not interested in the, in, in the, the subject matter. They just say, answer yes or no to this ridiculous question and and that's their entire contribution to the to the debate that's exactly what it is she was actually trying to compare a criminal live streaming a rape to the democrats censoring speech as if it's the same that you shouldn't be allowed to live stream the rape but censoring speech now that's a whole different thing according to the Democrats. First of all, there is no comparison to them. One is a violent crime. The other is not. Both are crimes. Neither is okay. She's a whack job. And that hair, please knock it off with that hair, would you? You look like an idiot. Well, you are an idiot. But you can convince everyone of your idiocy with that hair. Good Lord, don't interrupt me. <laughs> I'm telling you. 
Liberal women defy the edict that we were all taught as boys and men growing up. Never hit a woman. Liberal women want you to. They tempt you beyond belief. They beg you. Who in the F do you think you are? Don't interrupt me. I can't believe Matt Taibbi. I know what Elon Musk would have said. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Is that clear? You bet it is. Then Senator Kennedy, John Kennedy, was uh, asking questions of Megan Rainey. Now, she is the dean of the Yale Medical School Public Health Department. (laughs) Whatever that is. I have no idea, honestly. I didn't know that. I thought Yale just had a medical school. But that's what she is, and so we don't really know what that is. But Senator Kennedy, because she was there testifying that somehow guns, I don't know what she's doing talking about guns. She's no gun expert. She doesn't want people having guns is the bottom line. So she referred to fried foods as being dangerous. Senator Kennedy picked up on that and asked a basic question. You equated gun deaths to heart disease in your opening statement. Yes, sir. Which is a greater public health problem, gun deaths or heart disease? So heart disease does kill more folks across the United States, largely in the about end of their life. About Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gun deaths, about 50,000? Correct. Do you, do you support outlawing fried foods? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. How does that relate to... Because fried foods contribute to heart disease, don't they? Again, I have not written or said that I support outlawing. You're a physician, right? I am. Have I said that I support outlawing anything in my testimony today? Okay. (laughs) Do you support outlawing fried foods? (laughs) Then there was another doctor who was there testifying. This was a black guy. And he essentially said that No matter the crime, no matter the heinous nature of the crime, we should have sympathy and forgive them. And He's talking rapists. Here's the scenario. I wrote it down. You said that no one should be judged by the worst thing they have done in their lives. Correct. If one of these young doctors sitting behind you, God forbid, walks out on the streets of Washington, D.C., and is raped or sodomized, you don't think the rapist should be judged? I don't think it should be terminal. It shouldn't be for the rest of their lives. You think we should forgive them and not give them any punishment? I believe in You think nobody's responsible for their actions? I believe in responsibility. I believe in forgiveness. Thank you, Mr. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now, clearly that is a delusional doctor who should never be in charge of anything. And yet you heard the questioning from Senator Kennedy. Do you believe the person should be accountable, punished? And to the lunatic woman from Yale, do you believe we should outlaw fried foods? Now, if you're a liberal, you listen to those questions and you determine immediately, of course, as all liberals do, that John Kennedy must be a racist, right? 
I mean, that's what Mika the bobblehead determined. You want to talk about word salad. It's given racism, Mika. That was racist, elitist, so condescending. And ill-informed. Ill-informed and insulting. So, Senator, just for the record, you're dead wrong. And your insinuations, your tone, and your choice of words is simply repulsive, and it shows who you are. Doesn't trigger us here. We're not surprised. We've seen a lot of this. It doesn't trigger us here. She just called him everything in the book, but she wasn't triggered. (laughs) He's repulsive. He's insensitive. The tone of your voice, mind you. Who do these women think they are? Honest to God, who does she think she is? The tone of your voice. (laughs) Racist? Those were some of the dumbest women you'll ever hear on the planet, right there at one time talking. Racist. What racial comment did John Kennedy make? The tone, he was about as mellow as you can be. Did anyone hear John Kennedy raising his voice? Did anyone hear John Kennedy being dismissive? He asked the questions. Then he said, wow. I'd said i say a lot more than wow. So Mika and your gang of female idiots. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Is that clear? You can't be that stupid and be alive, can you? Again, remember the descriptions of the Nazis that William Shire gave that I read you to begin the show. They're monumentally stupid people. It's stunning the level of stupidity that envelops the media and Washington, D.C. Stunning. It's astonishing to me. Everybody's a racist, according to these bobbleheads like Mika Brzezinski, who's married to the morning joke. John Kennedy's a racist because he asked questions that we all would ask. You wouldn't punish a rapist? Are you against fried food since they kill more Americans, contribute to heart disease and heart problems and heart attacks in greater numbers than any gun violence? He simply asked the question. My question, of course, would have been, what are you doing here to begin with? No one cares what you think. Then there's Mayorkas, who I'm sure that if William Shirer were alive today and was a correspondent covering the United States Congress and the Biden White House, he would write the same things about Mayorkas that he wrote about Ribbentrop and that he wrote about Rosenberg, that they're astoundingly stupid people. And Mayorkas is one of those. And Congressman Clay Higgins decided this was the best time to go after him because Higgins had all of the information from whistleblower after whistleblower after whistleblower, border patrol agents. You can't, by the way, you can't hire more. No one wants to work there. No one wants to work for this criminal Mayorkas, this career Nazi criminal. Clay Higgins, what are your thoughts about this clown? Stunning that you could sit there and and smugly grin as if you've not miserably failed your country. We could give you money to 
to hire a thousand new border agents. Nobody wants to work for you. They're coming forth. We can't keep up with the whistleblowers. Got to come to testify against your command. We could give you money to deploy all sorts of new technology. I have evidence in my file that you've given command to not deploy technology that you currently have because it interfered with the cartel's business model. We're done, done, done with your lies to America. It's shameful what you brought upon our country. Mr. Chairman, I have no interest in asking the secretary any questions. Mr. He obfuscates and lies. Carpe quadruple deum, Clay Higgins. Good. Yeah, why ask him questions? All he's going to do is sit there and lie. That's what he does. Lie, then lie some more. Then when you're done lying, lie a little bit more on the way out. That's what all of them do. I mean, did you see Gavin Newsom last night? I watched about five minutes of the so-called debate between Newsom and Ron DeSantis. You want to talk about programming that has no merit whatsoever. That was the ego of Sean Hannity determining that he and he alone should be the monitor, moderator, whatever you call it, of a debate between two people, one who's not even running for president and the other one who's getting his ass kicked. What was the importance of those two facing off? Who cares? I, I've tuned in for five minutes because I had it on Fox. I accidentally came up to my bedroom and put the TV on, and it was on Fox. And so I watched five minutes of it and then flipped it back to the football game. The five minutes I saw, I can never get back in my life. I had to listen to Gavin Newsom lie, lie, and lie. How can you get up there and claim that you've done a good job by the way, he would cite all kinds of things that he supposedly has done with zero proof or evidence that he's done anything. And he hasn't done anything because the proof is the results. He's done nothing. He's made it worse. It's one of the worst states in the history of our country. And he actually gets up there and tries to slick himself. He's an actor. That's all he is. He ought to go to Hollywood. He should get out of politics. He'd probably make a good actor. He knows his lines. He lies very well, so if you had a role for the liar, he'd be perfect. He'd also be perfect in the Biden regime. He'd be another one that William Shiro would have a field day describing. But so would anybody that works for the United Nations. We'd have a field day describing them. These are probably the worst of the worst people internationally. And yet the United States supports them financially, pays their salaries, pays their Housing, they're uh, to house the United Nations, right there in New York. The very first thing Donald Trump should do when he takes over is get rid of the United Nations. You're done. Your days in our country are over. We're not funding you, not a penny. In fact, we're withdrawing. We're pulling out of the United Nations. You are a corrupt enterprise run by corrupt people. You, the World Health Organization, all of it. We're done. We don't need you. All we do is pay for you. And for you knuckleheads in NATO, we're done with you. We're not defending your ass one iota until you pay what you owe. That includes not what you owe now, this month, this year, what you have escaped paying for the past hundred years or however long NATO's been there. 
So the back pay, it's like back child support. That's our message to NATO. You pay up or we don't defend you. We don't care who attacks you. It's about time that the United States grew a pair and stopped being the bitch for nations that couldn't hold our jockstrap. But that's what we are. We're nothing but a bitch to NATO. Germany, French, the French, they slap us around. In public, they they denounce us, essentially. England? Who are we to listen to those people? Without us, you're speaking German, every one of you, including the Germans. They're still clicking their goose heels if it wasn't for us. Here's my message to all of the NATO members. We don't care what you think, okay? We're the ones who defend you. You will listen to us. Your thoughts are irrelevant. And until you pay up, we're not even going to defend you. This is pretty simple stuff, folks. It's not hard to understand. Any relationship where you're offering somebody something in return for payment is conditioned on that payment. If they don't want to pay, that's fine. We're not going to start a war with them to collect the money. We won't send collectors over there. We won't file lawsuits. We'll just tell you we're done with you. Hey, you frogs over there in Paris, you need some defense help? <laughs> Call England. Hey, King Philip, you need a little help there when the Russians are walking down your street, taking over? Call the frogs. They'll help you. Call the Turks. We're done. Those people aren't our allies. When will we get this through our thick skull? Our only ally is Israel. And Blinken and Biden treat them like dogs. It's incredible. It is incredible the level of stupidity. So Simon Steele, this is his title, okay? The United Nations Climate Change Executive Secretary. (laughs) Did you know there was one of those? When you went to school, did you think, if I can only become the UN Climate Change Executive Secretary, I will have really made it? Apparently Simon Steele felt that way when he was in school, if he ever went to school. He's pretty stupid. If you can understand any of this, please let me know. But all I hear is fear-mongering. We decide to commit to a new energy system. If we do not signal the terminal decline of the fossil fuel era as we know it, we welcome our own terminal decline. Hey, Simon. Go fuck yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Who is this guy? See if you can understand and decipher this word salad from him. If this transition isn't just, we won't transition at all. And that means justice within and between countries. 
sharing benefits across society, ensuring that everyone in all their diversity have equal opportunities to benefit from these transitions. Sounded to me like he wants money from the United States. Don't they all? Go fuck yourself. Bingo. Is that clear? I hope it is. Who's this guy? In all of its diversity. Here's some diversity. Go pound sand. I don't care what color it is. There's white sand. There's brown sand. You can be the judge. Don't be, don't become a racist by the choice of your pounding of sand. But by all means, pound away. What kind of an idiot is that guy? And yet, we, we have people who go over there on their private jets as a delegation and like nod their heads like they're, like they're Mika Brzezinski, the little doddering bobblehead. But really, who does this guy think he is? He's telling us that we're going to change all of the, the world based on fossil fuels, and we're going to, of course, pay for it while we're at it. But we're going to pay for it because that's the just way of doing it. That everyone needs to share in this, according to Simon Steele, style, stool, stooge. Stupid ass. I just wonder who these guys are. Hey, Newt, Newt Gingrich, are these green heads ripping us off? They want to skim off the top to take care of their friends. If we had a list of every green energy project the U.S. government has funded, which has failed totally, and then said, well, where did the money go? You'll find virtually all of them are donors to the Democratic Party. This whole thing is a rigged game. They're donors to the Democratic Party. That's all this is. This is a bunch of idiots flying around in private jets with carbon footprints the size of King Kong telling you or your little baby with a little carbon footprint to knock it off. You better do what we tell you to do. We're not going to do it, but you better do it. I'm stunned by the utter arrogance of these people. Everyone you've heard from this morning, Wasserman Schultz, Goldman, Mika Brzezinski, this idiot from the UN, Blinken, Blinken, Anthony Blinken, the utter arrogance that we hear coming out of their mouths, it really is astonishing. It stuns me beyond belief, honestly. Where does the world come up with people like this? We've got our over we've we're well over our fair share. But it is laughable that these people think somehow, some way that we actually listen to them. Does anyone listen to them? Truthfully, anyone? Does anyone listen to someone like Mayorkas? You heard Clay Higgins just destroy? This arrogant pompous ass went down and met with the Border Patrol agents. 
the ones who were falsely accused of whipping migrants. Remember Biden saying how they were going to be held accountable. But he didn't apologize to them. Nope. It's two and a half, about two and a half years ago when they were accused of this. Chief Jason Owens was the director of the sector at the time of that incident. No apology. No apology came his way. But why would that arrogant nitwit, Mayorkas, who is especially stupid, one of the dumbest people on earth, why would we expect anything else from him, anything professional or classy? Look who he works for. I mean, honestly. And these idiots at the U.N. and these climate change goobers running around telling us about electric cars. People don't want electric cars. You see stories about dealerships who are risking their financial futures because they have so much inventory. One small dealership had over a million dollars in electric car inventory, and they can't sell them. No one wants them. You can demand and mandate all you want. People will not drive them. They will not buy them. Maybe as a second car, like a novice item. You know, like you get a third TV in your house. I think I'll get an electric car. I'm not going to drive it much. I'm just going to drive it from here to the grocery store. Stuff like that, where it's a short trip, where you don't have to worry about it kicking out, and there's no charging station for miles around. Then it was John Kerry's turn at the Summit for Climate Change. (laughs) And man, does this guy who married the heir to the Heinz fortune, you know, Heinz ketchup, Heinz mustard, Teresa Heinz, she was a widow, and horseface Carrie, Mr. Ed himself, married her. Then decides he'll fly private jets everywhere and tell you to stop polluting the world. He's especially wonderful in spending your money. We're very much committed now to work with our Congress to provide $17.5 million specifically towards the Fund for Climate Impacts Response, an additional $4.5 million for the Pacific Resilience Facility, another $2.5 million for the Santiago Network. Now, no one knows what any of those projects are, but he quickly spent $24.5 million of your dollars. Here's an idea. Take that $24.5 million and fix potholes. Just a starter. Just a little starter infrastructure kit. $24.5 million fix some potholes, jackass. Or take the $24.5 million and buy enough gaffer's tape to tape it around your mouth for the rest of your life. That would be good. That would be a great use of $24.5 million. And not just his mouth. Everyone that was at this climate summit. But especially him. Carrie's one of the most disgusting people. And by the way, once again, William Shire, if you were covering this regime, I think Carrie would get special treatment from William Shire for his level of abject stupidity. 
John Kerry is one of the dumbest people in America. His one talent, and one only, it's a pretty good one, he married well. Now, most of us didn't. That's why we're working stiffs. John Kerry gets to fly around in a private jet all the time, gets as much ketchup as he wants, as much mustard as he wants, for free. And all he had to do was marry a gazillionaire. That's a talent. We give him credit for that. On the flip side, though, what was she thinking? She might have a special section from William Shirer. He didn't address the dumb Nazi women, just the men. So Teresa Hines would be in the dumb woman category. She'd be in there with Mika and the rest of her screaming lunatic friends. Newt, do you have a response to Kerry spending all of our money? Well, look, I think that the left is deeply committed to taking your money, spending it on their friends. I mean, think about the irony. You go to the Middle East, the center of producing oil and gas, in order to have a conference about why you shouldn't produce oil and gas, and they're good enough that they say it with a straight face. I mean, this is, you know, an amazing Broadway show, which goes all over the world, uh, playing from place to place. It's John Kerry flying in to the next five-star hotel to go to the next gourmet restaurant in order to be deeply worried, at which point he has to go back, get on his plane to go to the next five-star hotel, to the next gourmet restaurant, to be even more worried. This whole thing is an elite ripoff of everyday workers, and that's why you're seeing in Argentina in Holland and Italy and across the planet, a move towards the right from people who are being realized they're the ones paying. And when John Kerry talks about giving away money, guess what? That's your money. John Kerry's cheerful about taking money from you to give to these people he's never met, who will then, by the way, mostly squander it. They won't achieve anything. Uh, it, it's, it's an absurdity, and historians will someday look back and say, how could they have been so stupid for so long? He's exactly right. Can you imagine historians in the future looking back at this time period? How could you people have been so stupid for such a long period of time? And yet here we sit, we are that stupid. Because we just keep taking it. John Kerry flies around in his private jet, stays at his five-star hotel, eats his gourmet meal, and pretends to be worried. That's a perfect description of Mr. Ed. I would imagine he gets ketchup on everything he eats, doesn't he? Heinz ketchup, of course. Can you imagine if that five-star restaurant that he eats at, if he happens to order an, an order of fries and they bring out, I don't know, Hunt's ketchup? Kara trying to close the place. What an ignorant ass. This guy actually thinks he's some sort of climate czar. That he's so important. Remember when he was confronted getting on his private jet owned by his wife and he was asked how can he justify that and he said his work is so important because he has to get from country to country that it wouldn't behoove him to take commercial. He he told everybody I'm more important than you, and because of that, you shouldn't even dare to question me about my carbon footprint 
because I'm more important than you are. It's fascinating that these people actually say those things and I think believe it. And Newt's right. Historians will say, how could we have been so stupid for so long? When I look at this kind of thing, I start laughing and think, it's a joke. It's some sort of a joke. Does anybody take them seriously? Do you know anybody who will say to you in a conversation, what do you think about climate change? Are we in trouble? Do you think anybody says that? Well, I'm sure people do, but do you know anybody who says that? I don't. But I'm very selective in the circles I run in. I've learned quite a few years ago, not soon enough, but still quite a few years ago, to eliminate all of the idiots from my life to the extent that I can. Because I have learned the hard way in some cases that when idiots are around you, bad things happen. And you're not happy because you have to deal with these stupid people. Stupid people are too dumb to realize how aggravating it is to deal with them. So don't associate yourself with dummies. A, some of it might rub off. That's the most dangerous part of it. But the other part is you'll lose your mind. I am infinitely happier having gotten rid of the idiots in my life. You can't talk to them. Don't hang around stupid people. That makes you stupid. So I'll ask again, and I can answer this very honestly. I have no friends of mine who would even ask me, do you think we've got a climate change problem? If they did, they wouldn't be friends. I wouldn't associate with stupid people. I'm not a genius, but I'm not stupid. They're stupid. William Shire described them in his book. They had Nazi names when he described them, but they're the same people. Just ask yourself, why would you listen to a guy who flies around in a private jet, as Newt said, eats gourmet meals at five-star restaurants and pretends to be worried? Do you think John Kerry gives a damn? All John Kerry's doing is trying to get your money to pay his friends. That's all he's doing. Some of his friends, by the way, just so you haven't forgotten, are Iranian murderers. He gave some of your money to them too on the orders of Barry Hussein Obama. Let's not forget who these people are. They're not just climate people. They support terrorists. But imagine a group of people so arrogant that they jet off in private jets, all of them, to some exotic foreign land and talk among themselves about us and how stupid we are. Wow. Because we don't get the climate change, and can we just please give them more money? And, of course, the people in Congress say, sure we can. Sure we can. And, of course, while all this was going on, Heels Up Harris was busy doing nothing. This what she does best. If she ever gets in the way, she's a problem. It's best that she just stays away. And she was at some media seminar, 
sponsored by the New York Times. And she was asked if the media prevents her from getting the credit she deserves. Ron Klain says this, uh, and, and, and you've, you've seen press uh, about yourself over, over the years. He says that he believes that your popularity or uh, unpopularity or whatever rating you want to put it as is a function of sexism and racism. He says that's part of the problem. He says she doesn't get the credit for all that she's done. Do you think that's true? Well, are we talking about the media or people? As it relates to the media, I'm sure some of that is true. (laughs) Now, the first question you should ask yourself here is, what is it that she actually thinks she should be getting credit for? Did she do something that I missed? Did she sleep with another powerful man? Because other than that, I don't know a thing she's done. Now, I give her credit for that. That got her career launched. Not that I would follow the same career path, but that's what she did. She identified where she wanted to be, and then she found the easiest way to get there. Get on your back, spread your legs, and have a powerful man come in and take care of you. That's her way to success. So she did that very well. Well, we don't know if she did it very well, but she did it well enough. And so there she is, presto. Then the second part of her plan was claim to be black. If I claim to be black, maybe I tell Willie Brown I'm black, he might be dumb enough to believe me. He's black. So if I tell him I'm black, he might promote me through the ranks. Sleeping with him isn't enough. I'm also black, Willie. So Willie does dutifully promotes her, and there she is. All of a sudden, she convinces the rest of the country when she becomes a senator after she put thousands of black men in jails in California as the attorney general for something like smoking pot. She then ends up in Washington as a senator. That's right, a senator, where she gets sworn in as an Indian American. So she morphed from a black woman into an Indian because Indians were popular then. I mean, after all, Pocahontas got a teaching job at Harvard for being Indian, even though she's not. So Heels Up Harris decided maybe that's a good way to go. So that helped. Then all of a sudden, Biden runs for president. She runs against him. She calls him a racist in a debate, which was accurate, by the way, one of the few things she's ever said that was true. Now, mind you, up to this point, we're still trying to figure out what she's actually done other than the things I've identified, none of which you would ever want to do. She then has the light bulb go off in her head. Hey, if I tell him I'm black and he gets the nomination, I might get the vice presidential nomination. Sure enough, her plan works to perfection. She says, I'm black, by the way. Did you know that, Joe? And then, because she says, I was that little girl. And then Joe says, I'm dumb. I'm demented. Sure, you're black. Why don't you come with me and we'll make a big deal out of it? You're black and we'll get the first black woman elected as vice president. So then that happens and he puts her in charge of what? The border. She became the border czar. And while busy looking for the root causes of illegal migration, and the root cause, by the way, is Biden opening the border and giving them free stuff, that's the root cause. She didn't have to look very far. I solved it for her. She then gets put involved of spa- in, uh, put in charge of space. 
Space? Is she an astronaut? And of course, what was the job? Talking to little kids as if they were even littler than they are. So that's what she's accomplished. And she's upset that the media is not giving her credit for that? (laughs) Who gives you credit for that? Most people don't give sluts credit. I don't. I mean, I salute her. That's what she wanted to do. And she did it, by golly. But credit, I mean, come on. Do something positively for the country other than claim to be black and cackle. She is a cackler. If you're looking for a cackler for your Christmas party, she's the cackler. And if she won't do it, ask her if she can give recommendations. She has to know other cacklers. You can't become that good of a cackler without knowing other cacklers. It's impossible. I mean, don't most good baseball players know other good baseball players? Sure they do. Do most singers know other good singers? Of course. So it stands to reason that a cackler like her, her only real talent other than sleeping with powerful men, that she would know other cacklers. So if cackling is what you're looking for, she's your gal. That doggone media. And then she was asked if Biden was too old to do the job. I would say that age is more than a chronological fact. I spent a whole lot of time with our president, be it in the Oval Office or the Situation Room and in other places. And I can tell you, as I just mentioned, not only is he absolutely authoritative in rooms around the globe, but in the Oval Office, meeting with members of Congress, meeting with leaders in industry, meeting with community leaders. He's authoritative. I've spent a lot of time with our president. He's authoritative. Meeting with industry leaders. I haven't heard one member of Congress, one leader of industry, one business leader, one anybody, in three-plus years of him being in the White House, leaving the White House and saying, I just met with one of the sharpest people I've ever known. Not one. Not one has praised his authoritativeness. Not one. He's authoritative. Let me tell you something. If you ask him right now to spell authoritative, he couldn't possibly do it. I would bet my entire life savings, my house, my car. I won't bet my child because I don't have the right to do that, but I'll bet everything I own that he couldn't come close to spelling it. He's the kind of guy that can't spell cat if you spot him the C and the T. But he's authoritative. By golly, she said so. But would you tell us, would you actually be honest enough to tell us if his age was a problem? Come on, heels up. A lot of people would say she can't say anything else. She, she couldn't tell if there was a problem. I'm not lying. <laughs> if there I'm was telling, a, but, I'm, but I'm telling you a fact. But if there ever is a problem, yeah. do you think that you could go tell the American public? Do you think in your role that you're that you're in a position to do that? Of course, if necessary, but there's no need for that. I'm telling you a fact. What fact? That you're an idiot? That you're beyond stupid? You're beyond help? 
intellectually, you are a, a peon. You're really a stupid woman. I'm telling you a fact. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, I would tell you, but there's no need to. There isn't? Have you listened to Biden talk? Have you watched him fumble and stumble his way up steps? Have you watched him trip over a stage? Have you watched him not know which side he's supposed to exit on? Have you watched him shake hands with invisible men? Have you seen any of that? Have you heard him just trail off while he's talking? There's no need for that, says Heels Up. Imagine what the rest of the world thinks. We have a nitwit and a slut running this country. She says there's no need for that, that Biden's fully capable and that he's authoritative. Here he is joking about blowing up the world. Well, look, my, my Marine carries that and has a code to blow up the world. That doesn't, this is not nuclear weapons, oh, is no. it? All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he he sounds like an old man, too, which he is. He's joking about nuclear codes to blow up the world. I'm telling you right now, whoever that Marine is who has that bag with those buttons on it, with the code, if you ever give it to Biden, you should be shot for treason. I don't care what's going on. I don't care if the Russians are attacking us with nuclear bombs. If you give that thing to Biden, you should be shot. So you just heard Biden joking about blowing up the world, and you heard how old he is. You heard his vice president cackle and say stupid stuff. Here's the guy that actually tells it like it is. Biden's job-killing EV mandate has dictated that nearly 70% of all cars sold in the United States must be fully electric less than 10 years from now. Do you believe that? It's a government assassination of your jobs and of your industry. The auto industry is being assassinated. It's a transition to hell. (laughs) He's right. Who could argue that? Is there anybody out there that wants to argue that other than you over there that's hugging the tree? Keep hugging it, you stooge. But nobody else wants to argue that. Because it's true. And here's a message for all you liberals. It isn't going to happen. Okay? You're not going to force us to buy your stupid-ass electric cars. It's not going to happen. So give it up. Congressman John James of Michigan, he's a black man. He was cheated out of his run for the Senate in 2020 when he won Michigan, uh, but was all of a sudden behind after the counting resumed, just like President Trump, both way ahead, then the pause in counting, then all of a sudden recounting overnight, and they're both behind. But he then ran for Congress, and he won. And he says it's not that Biden hates oil and gas. He hates American oil and gas. The the Biden administration doesn't hate oil and gas. They hate American oil and gas. Uh, When you have uh, the the former governor of Michigan selling our strategic petroleum reserves, making us weaker, and then forcing uh, this EV transition 
uh, which people don't want. They're more expensive, makes us more dependent on China. These are the types of policies that have sent our jobs to Mexico and China in the first place, and we need to make sure we hold this administration accountable. Carpe diem, John James. Good stuff. I, I, when I saw that guy speak the first time, I said, I wish he would run for president someday, and I hope he does. He may. I hope he does because I'd vote for him so fast. Same with the attorney general down in Kentucky. These are both both black men. I wish the attorney general down in Kentucky would run for Senate and defeat Mumbles McConnell and get that communist criminal out because that's what he is. But we need these people out, 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 and out fast, right? We need people like John James in, in, in. We heard earlier from Dan Goldman, that idiot liberal who thinks you can censor 35% of free speech and that nobody should complain about that, as long as it's the Democrats doing the censoring, of course. And if he goes to trial, I guess, as as, uh, Matt Taibbi or Michael Schellenberger, I can't remember which, said, if he went to trial representing his defendant, said, look, He's guilty of 35% of the crime, but the other 65%, no, I'm sorry, he's not guilty of that. And that's okay in the mind of Dan Goldman because he's a liberal and he's a stooge. But Elon Musk was talking about freedom of speech, and it got lost in the comments to the media, that he, that he, the, the uh, advertisers that he mentioned. But here's what he said about freedom of speech, and we need to pay very close attention. Freedom of speech, you have to say, when is it relevant? It's only relevant when when someone you don't like can say something you don't like, or it, ha- it has no meaning. Um, and, and, and as soon as you sort of, you know, throw in the towel and concede to censorship, it is only a matter of time before someone censors you. Carpe gazillion times diem to Elon Musk. He was paraphrasing the great Patrick Henry back in the day, in the 1700s. Give me liberty or give me death, but you may say something that I hate, but I will defend to my death your right to say it. And that's what Elon Musk just said, in different words, but the same thing. Freedom of speech is only important and meaningful when you allow someone to say something, when you allow someone that you hate to say something that you hate. And liberals don't agree with that. They do not want you to have freedom of speech. Only they can have it. And they will censor you, and they will come after you if you speak truth to them if they don't agree with it. They have done it. I'm not predicting the future. I'm simply describing the present. And they will continue to do it as long as uh, cowardly Republicans allow it. But Elon Musk, you are very poetic in your words. Let's hear them again because I think they're important. Freedom of speech, you have to say, when is it relevant? It's only relevant when, when someone you don't like can say something you don't like or it, ha- it has no meaning. Um, and, and, and as soon as you sort of 
you know, throw in the towel and concede to censorship, it is only a matter of time before someone censors you. That's so true. I mean, pay attention, folks, because they're, they're, they're doing it now. They're censoring you now. But it is only relevant when someone you don't like says something you don't like. And you don't get upset. You can debate them, but you can't deny them the right to say it. I don't deny liberals the right to speak their nonsense. I laugh at them. I think they're funny. I think they should be sitcom writers. But they have every right to to utter their stupidity and make sure that we know they're stupid. You know, as one football coach back in the days, John Ralston once said, it's better to remain silent and appear a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. And that's what the liberals do. When they speak, they remove all doubt as to who they are, how stupid they are, and to how illegal their behavior is. How disrespectful they are to you, to the Constitution, to the Declaration of Independence, to the rule of law. They don't care. doesn't apply to them. And the media, rather than paying attention to what Elon Musk just said and paying attention to what Dan Goldman said in Congress, that censorship is fine so long as it's an acceptable percentage, the media are giddy over Elon Musk losing advertisers on Twitter. Advertisers have been really fleeing X, left, right, and center over growing concerns that Musk has amplified anti-Semitism and racism. This is not an enlightened super ego. This is this is a guy in a lot of trouble on stage, I think, just dissembling a bit. Some men just want to watch the world burn. And <laughs> I, I think that completely oh, applies uh, to this scenario. Wow. It's pretty hard to figure these people out, isn't it? It's almost impossible. So when you have courageous people like Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger write what they wrote, when they expose the censorship on Twitter, thanks to Elon Musk allowing them access, then they come in and they testify, and they're badgered by liberal freaks who simply want to grandstand I want to ask nonsensical questions, as Matt Taibbi said. Interrupt their answers. Arrogantly tell them not to interrupt them. Jim Jordan, how do you think history will remember Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger? What Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger and these others who first exposed the Twitter files, someday in the future they're going to look back on these guys what they've done for our country. When they look back right. in history, they're going to say this was a great thing. And this is great that they're not maybe conservative Republicans, that they're from the from the left. They this love is... the First Amendment. They love the First Amendment. They're beside themselves because of their liberal roots. They thought growing up, and they rightly thought it, because at that time the Democrat Party did stand for the Bill of Rights. And they're dismayed by what they've discovered in the Democratic Party, as is Robert Kennedy Jr. Wouldn't you think Democrats around the country would start paying attention to people like that? These are liberals, Schellenberger, Taibbi, Kennedy, grew up liberals, grew up members of the Democrat Party, and now are mocking the Democrats. 
because of what they've become. They're Nazis. Speaking of which, Victor Davis Hanson weighed in on these Palestinians or Americans or whatever they are, rioting in streets, interrupting the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, interrupting the tree lighting, interrupting every tradition we have in this country and trying to ruin it, lying down on street. You know, when they lie down on streets, they should be run over. That's the answer to it. I have the answer to all these issues. They're pretty simple. A lot of people don't like them, but they're very simple. And guess what? They'd get results. The job would be done. Victor Davis Hanson, what do we make of these people? Do they really believe that when Americans look at guests in our country, whether on student visas or first-generation immigrants that have come over, they've all fled tyranny and repression abroad in the Middle East, and they repay the magnanimity of the United States by doing what, Lisa? By, for the first time, disrupting an iconic event like the Thanksgiving parade, or tearing down American flags on Veterans Day, or trying to stop Americans from shopping, and they think that's going to win uh, sympathy from them. And when they protest, they're in direct opposition and antithesis to people who protest for Israel. Which side wears masks? Which side tears down uh, flags of America? Which side defaces property? Which side intimidates people? Which side gets arrested and which side doesn't? And that's, a, that's the domestic mirror image of the antithesis in the Middle East between the tactics of Hamas and Israel. And people are looking at this and they're digesting it and they're thinking, you know what? Why are we doing this? Why are we bringing in people who hate us? And why are we allowing our campuses to fuel this hatred of us? Carpe diem, Victor Davis Hanson. Why? Why do we allow this on our campuses? These people hate us. Always have, always will. Wake up. You think it's bad here? It's spreading. Now, there are other areas, as you heard Newt Gingrich say earlier, Italy and other places that have now become nationalist. The candidates like Donald Trump in those countries are getting elected. The rest of the world's waking up. Ireland, and I'm too ashamed to be Irish to admit this, is a disaster. The Ireland prime minister, who doesn't sound, by the way, like an Irishman, you know what his name is? Leo Varadkar. Not Ovaradkar, just Varadkar. He's the Irish Prime Minister, and he believes that Ireland needs less white people, even though he's white. To have a, a number of people from ethnic minorities in areas of the public service. We have a health service that's very diverse, although less so as you go up towards the senior positions. Uh, not so much in the Guardi, not so much in the Defence Forces, not so much in the education sector, as the Deputy mentioned, not at all in the civil service, which is very white, uh, including the Department of Equality, for example, uh, and that actually needs to change. Um, so we need to have, I think, a target for people who come from ethnic minority backgrounds, uh, but also uh, dedicated recruitment campaigns to encourage people, because we do need uh, a generation of young people growing up in Ireland who are people of colour to see black and brown school principals, judges, King Corla perhaps in the future. Um, who knows? Uh, visibility uh, and opportunity is really important. Why do we need that? Why does someone say we need that? Because you don't need that. 
Nobody needs white people, brown people, black people, Indian people in positions of authority. What you need in positions of authority are people who know what the fuck they're doing. That's what you need. And you, Vladdy, are not that guy. By the way, you mentioned all those positions that you want to change to black and brown people. How about changing your job? You're white. How about you give yourself the boot? Get out of there, appoint some black idiot or some uh, Hispanic idiot to run, and then you can say, or to take your job and say, look at me. I put a black guy in there. I must be championed as a diversity guy, even though the guy doesn't know how to spell two and two. But that's the kind of thinking. I wish William Shirer were writing about Ireland today and the amount of idiots that this guy will put in positions of power. Not because they know how to do the job, but because they're black or because they're Hispanic or because they're this or that. The most qualified person. Has any politician ever said that? I want to put the best people in these jobs. I don't hear them say that. They say, we need more diversity. By golly, we need more blacks, more Hispanics, more Indians, more Asians. It's it's incredible, really, when you hear it. It's an insult to every one of those races. It's an insult to white people. It's an insult to everybody. Is there going to come a day when you have too many blacks and you need a white guy in there? Just to have diversity? Or what if you have five positions and all five are filled by black guys and they're all smarter than anybody else? They know exactly what they're doing. And somebody says, you know, you need a white guy in there. And then you appoint somebody like Gavin Newsom, some stupid white guy. Is that a good move? It's diverse. You freaking idiots. You think he's bad? You think Leo Varadkar, the Irish prime minister, is bad? He sounds like a damn Russian. But do you think he's bad? How about the Green Party senator, Pauline O'Reilly? At least she has an Irish name. But she brags about taking away freedoms of the people of Ireland. When you think about it, all law, all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will (laughs) see throughout our constitution, yes, you have rights, but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace, then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. Go fuck yourself. Is that clear? It should be clear. That almost sounded like a parody of some politician. Nobody's that stupid. But Pauline O'Reilly is. The one ting she says that we do, ting. There's an H in the word thing, stooge lady. The one ting that we do, every ting. So if you make someone uncomfortable, your rights can be restricted. (laughs) Can you believe the asininity of that comment? But she just said it. All rights are to be restricted, she says. If all rights are to be restricted by government... For she said, the common good. Why don't we ask the people if it's the common good? I mean, they're the commoners. Let's ask the people of Ireland. Let's go to Dublin. Do you think 
all of your rights should be restricted for the common good? We all know what they'd answer. In between beers, they'd all look at a picture of Pauline O'Reilly and say in unison, Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Is that clear? And it's clear. Restricted for the common good. Can you hear them saying that here very soon? I can. Although here they don't even say it's for the common good. They don't even pretend. We're just going to take your rights away. It's that simple. Steve Forbes is another one who's sick of the anti-Semitism, same as Victor Davis Hanson. Well, it just shows the whole breakdown of the culture, the moral rot, that we have civic leaders, we have business leaders who are not willing to stand up to uh, this outbreak. I mean, in the 1930s, you saw it badly in Europe, but at least it was somewhat contained here in the United States. Now it's open, openly demonstration, openly calling for the destruction of the Jewish state. And that is a sign of the unraveling of the world. People think, feel things are spinning out of control. The leaders don't know how to handle the economy. National security is getting thrown overboard. The Biden administration refuses to even introduce a defense budget that in real terms increases uh, our defense capabilities at a time when Russia is now turning out more weaponry, Iran's turning out more weaponry, and China's going all out in weaponry. China may have a troubled economy, but they're spending big on military means to confront us. Yes, they are. And they mean business. Now, they don't have to fire a single shot at some point. All they have to do is remind us and keep reminding us, we can take you out. And it's getting to the point where they can. And Steve Forbes is exactly correct. Leave it to a mobster, Sammy the Bull Gravano, to really tell us what's what. Sammy the Bull, talking about the Biden crime family, and Sammy the Bull should know one if he sees one. You know, I cooperated years ago, everybody knows it, with the FBI, the federal government, some prosecutors, John Gleason and different judges, and they were so honest, it was unbelievable. I was proud to be with them for a while. I'm still friends with a lot of them, and some of them tell me, Sammy, I spent my whole life in the FBI. I'm embarrassed to tell somebody I'm an ex-FBI agent. And I said, don't feel like that. Just get out, speak, talk against it, do something. Don't sit back. And that's not just them. And any one individual, I'm talking about the whole country. If we allow this, our forefathers died for this country. I go, I'm a veteran, I go to the VA hospital, and I see people walking around without a leg, without an arm. They fought for us, they died for us, they lost parts of their body for us. How do you think these people feel when they go home and look in the mirror? Everything they gave for us, and we're sitting back and doing absolutely nothing. I don't care how much power they got on their side. We have the people. The people are the power. If we don't talk, if we don't say something, then we're part of it. We become complicit with what's going on. Carpe quadruple diem, Sammy the Bull Gravano. The mob guys know, and they know a criminal family when they see one. Are they worse than the mob was, Sammy? I, we did things I don't even want to compare. We had a, we were, we were like choir boys compared to these people. We always had a thing about protecting the public. I mean, I talk about people and I have friends in New York and family, 
And they turn around and they say, Sammy, it was so much better when the mafia was in control in New York. Things that are going on. I see the lighting of the tree. These things to me are so important, not for religion, not for anything like that. It's so festive and it brings love and respect. There used to be hundreds of thousands of people lighting the trees and looking at Macy's window and stuff like that. It brought love to your heart, no matter how bad of a person you are. Now I'm seeing riots. I'm seeing things that are going on. How do you have the fucking audacity to do this, come to this country and do this? And and you're getting away with it is mind-blowing. Carpe diem, Sammy the Bull. He's so right. Let the mob take over. Let them handle this crap. Do you think these people would be rioting in the streets of New York if the mob were, were patrolling the streets? Let them have it. Give it to the mob. He's right. How do they have the effing audacity to come to our country and think they can get away with this. Because the cowards let them get away with it. That's why, as I said, I have a solution to all of this. Those people wouldn't see the morning if I was in charge. It only takes a couple of them. Mow down a couple of them, and that'd be the end of it. They'd scurry like rats on a sinking ship, because that's what they are. Do you see the guy walking around in his PLO hat or scarf, burning a a policeman's hat, setting it on fire. They should have put him away, electrocute him, get rid of him. He doesn't serve a purpose on this earth. It's time to rid us of these animals, these savages. It's not what this country's about. It's not why we have freedoms. We don't have the freedom to do stuff like that. Let the mob handle the business. It'll be handled. That's all I can tell you. And with that, we have Christmas music. <laughs> uh, we're coming right back, though. Uh, I promise you that. But first, I want to tell you about our good friend, Jordan Jordan Krugman. Jordan is my health insurance guy, and he is good at what he does. He told me a long time ago, I don't think you have the best health insurance plan because I told him what I had. I said, well, I think I do. But I said, you know what? I'm open-minded. Prove to me that I don't. And then he did. I called him, 314-602-4055. 602-4055. You can find him online, thehealthinsuranceguy.net. Great time to do it now. Because open enrollment started on November 1st for 2024. Runs through January 15th. Whatever you do, avoid Obamacare. Call Jordan. He can help you avoid it. He has low-cost, comprehensive alternative plans. And by that, I mean these are things you may not even know about. I didn't. How about zero-deductible policies? He has plans that have a zero-deductible. Everything Jordan does is designed to eliminate your out-of-pocket expenses. Eliminate. So, in other words, as a broker, he can take your situation, whatever your financial situation is, your health needs, put them together, Design a plan specifically for you, then take it to insurance companies and get you the best deal. That's what a broker does. In this case, though, Jordan never charges broker fees. How about that? Licensed in 23 states, all of his appointments can be done virtually from your own home. How comfortable is that? But he has a lot of options for you, and you ought to at least call him. You owe it to yourself. It's in the file that says, what do I have to lose? The answer, nothing. What do you have to gain? A lot. Better health insurance at a better price. 
if you're thinking Medicare is in your future as you approach 65, don't listen to the insurance companies who are inundating you with information, propaganda as I call it. Call Jordan, throw it away, then call him. He'll make it simple and easy to understand. Medicare supplements, advantage plans, Part D drug plans. Insurance companies love to get you with that mailbox. But most advantage plans have a zero monthly premium. I bet you they didn't tell you that. Did they tell you about pre-existing conditions? You're of the opinion, I bet, I was, that Medicare doesn't cover pre-existing conditions. There are new options that cover it. Jordan knows all about them. Gym memberships, transportation services, hearing aids. He educated me on the entire health insurance industry. And he can do the same for you and then do a good deal for you like he did for me. 314-602-4055. Jordan Krugman, thehealthinsuranceguy.net. We're coming right back in the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World, Kings Court, right after this. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight. Walking in the winter wonderland. Gone away is the bluebird. Here to stay is an Uber. He sings a love song as we go along. Walking in the winter wonderland. In the meadow we can build a snowman Then pretend that he is Parson Brown He'll say, are you married? We'll say, no man But you can do the job when you're in town Later on, we'll conspire As we dream by the fire To face unafraid the plans that we made Walking in the winter wonderland Ground lies a mantle of white, a heaven of diamonds shine down through the night. Two hearts are thrilling in spite of the chilling the weather. Love knows no season, love knows no climb. Romance can blossom. Any old time here in the open, we'll walk in and hoping together, 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 together. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the rain, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight Walking in the winter wonderland Gone away is the bluebird Here to stay is a new bird He's singing a love song as we go along Walking in the winter wonderland In the meadow we can build a snowman And pretend that he's a circus clown Play the 
Eskimo way, walking in the winter wonderland, walking in the winter wonderland, winter wonder, winter wonderland, winter winter wonder Welcome you back in. It's a Friday morning. You're right here in the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World, King's Court, on kevinslatenshow.com. Kevin Slayton with you on this Friday. Our phone line's open, 636-348-4460. Business is good at stl-cars.com. Listeners have been going over there. Listeners, I'm not going over there. Listeners have been going over there to the website uh, and then calling and then going over to stl-cars.com to pick up their car or perhaps have it delivered to them. But all you have to do to get a new car, used car, truck, SUV, is go to the website, stl-cars.com, stl-cars.com, and then decide to scroll through over a 1,000 of them, because there's over a 1,000 of them, and then you can pick the one you want. And then you call or text Don at 314-626-3251, 314-626-3251, and then tell him what you want, tell him what you want to pay for it, and he'll do the rest. I've purchased three vehicles from him through the years. My son just got one. If you can't find what you want, don't let the car buying experience be like going to the dentist and go dealership to dealership, bat your brains against the wall, and then get a deal you're not happy with. Call Don anyway if you can't find what you want on there, and tell him, here's what I'm really looking for, Don. 314-626-3251. 3251. And he will then find it for you. Tell him what you want to pay for it. And he has this vast connection of inventory all over the country. My last one came from Tennessee. My son's came from Alabama. He'll get it for you. 314-626-3251. That's stl-cars.com. All right, on this Friday, this Saturday Eve, we welcome Cleo to the show. Good morning, Cleo. Cleo, no, this is Marcel. Marcel is with us. Okay, how foolish of me to think that it could be Cleo. Hello, Marcel. Oh, that's quite all right. It, I understand it. Hey, hey, you're really putting people in their place this morning. That's great. Well, I appreciate that, Marcel. That's what we try to do. We try to just tell the truth, and sometimes that involves putting people in their place. Yes. This, this Jean Carey, oh, he makes me sick, you know? <laughs> Jean-Claude Carey. You know <laughs> One thing you got to get straight, though, Kevin. His wife is not Teresa; it is Teresa. Not Teresa. Teresa. Teresa, yes. Well, either way, she's got a lot of dough and a lot of ketchup. Yeah, well, you know, she saw a lot of uh, good qualities in him. You know, from what I hear, he not only looks like a horse; he's built like one. <laughs> How did you? Hear? I almost choked on my water. How would one hear like that? I have, I have, I have uh, people in the know. That, okay. that, you, know. <laughs> you don't just go to the QT and you find that kind of stuff out in the corner. <laughs> you know, Jean, Jean Kelly got together with Sarah Jessica Parker and they had a child. It would look like Sea Biscuit. <laughs> if it were in like Sea Biscuit, they'd be happy. 
but you know, even this this French president Macron, from the start of this Israeli-Hamas uh, conflict, right away he said, "Ceasefire. Let's let's talk it over." What a jackass! What he really idiot. is. And as a Frenchman, uh, uh, Jean Claude yourself, <laughs> Jean Claude Marcel, as a Frenchman. Aren't you embarrassed by the French not paying their fair share in NATO? And should we even defend that rotten country? I'm ashamed of it. I'm ashamed of many things. But there are idiots all over this, all over the world, all over the spectrum. Yeah, we certainly have our share here. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. This is no, no longer the country it used to be. Such an uneducated, boobish people you have here. Well, there's no question about that. And uh, as I said at the start of the show and reading the descriptions, of the Nazi leadership by William Shire, who was the correspondent who was there at the time, he could have been describing everybody in the cabinet here. These yeah. people are morbidly stupid. And and thank good for that guy putting me Orcus in his place. He's not going to answer any questions. He's just going to say what a jackass this, this uh, Mayorkas is. It's complete jackass. Congressman Clay Higgins. You know, why would you ask the guy questions? It's a waste of your time. He's going to sit there and lie to you and try to make you look silly. Uh, he's the real monkey, though. He looks like an idiot because he is one, but he's a pathological liar. More people in Congress must take the same tack when they question these people. They need to put daggers in them in their hearts too. You know, get it, them. When, when you read the nightmare years, you read about the people around Hitler, and you say to yourself, they don't sound like they were liars like these people are. They were just stupid. They were of this unbelievably ignorant viewpoint of the world. But they didn't run around, to my knowledge from reading this book, they weren't pathological liars like these people are. These people will lie right to your face. The, the Germans said, we hate Jews, we're going to kill Jews. They didn't lie about it. They were just nuts, savage animals. Yes, yes. But, but, but these people in this country, I'm telling you right now, they would assassinate every opponent of the regime if they thought for one second they could get away with it and they're getting close the the the, the gulags the washington dc political prisons are step one remember the democrats always take these things out for a test run before they go ahead and really act and that's yes. what they're doing they do it incrementally until they come out with the guillotine how about these people voting in the senate against releasing the flight logs of Epstein. He's been dead for four years, uh, but these politicians voted against releasing it. That's interesting to me. That was my final topic. What do you know? Epstein, the flight logs. Dickie Durbin is in charge of that. Dickie yes, Durbin. Yes, he is. The most and aptly I... named senator in the history of mankind, Dick <laughs> Durbin. That's what I think when I see him as well. He doesn't want it exposed now. Is he covering for himself or someone else? He's covering for somebody. I have a theory, Kevin. It is right up Joe Biden's alley, this kind of stuff, you know? Absolutely it is. And is Durbin that big of a shill? Or is Durbin a little pervert himself? <laughs> I mean, you know, Biden is sniffing his hair. He did more than that. Remember, he showered with his young daughter. Unbelievable. I mean, that, this is the kind of person people voted for. We should never let this go that he showered with his daughter. If Trump has a, a debate with him, Trump should bring this up as item number one. Joe, your daughter says she showered with you. 
Shame on you. That's what he ought to say. And whoever moderates the first debate, uh, well, Biden probably won't show up for a debate. Though if I were Trump, I'd say I'm not debating anybody. These debates are nothing but shows. That's all they are uh, so that actors like Gavin Newsom can get some attention uh, and, and people like Sean Hannity can get some attention. All Hannity did after that thing, that worthless uh, exchange last night, I don't even call it a debate, was have people come on his show that said, you're great, Sean. <laughs> yeah, Sean, Sean rubs me a little wrong way many times. Hey, Marcel, what do you think of having Sammy the Bull put this country <laughs> in its place? Sammy yeah, well, the Bull actually told the truth. I happened to catch that as well. It, it was almost like a comedy routine. It really was. But, but he was sincere. He was sincere. He was very he's a, sincere. He's and, a patriot. And, and he was very honest and very accurate. And he's right. What the mob did is candy compared to what these people are doing. And I, <laughs> but, I still say, put the mob in charge of the streets of New York, and we won't have any problems. Yes, flatten a few of those Arabs, huh? <laughs> I'd love it. All right, well, keep it up. No hose barred. All right, Marcel, thank you. Tell your friend Cleo I said hello. I was. I will see him tomorrow. All right. Thank you, Marcel. You're welcome. Goodbye. B- bye. <laughs> Marcel Cullen. He's the Frenchman. It's always nice to hear the French point of view. But I will still continue to say the thinnest book in the world is French War Heroes. And this Macron guy who acted and pretended to be friends of Trump was nothing but a traitor to the United States. That That's what he is. And we need to remind him, if it wasn't for us, you'd be speaking German, little Frenchy. You wouldn't be speaking your native tongue. You might not even have a tongue. But we bailed you out. As we did so many of you worthless rats who won't pay your fair share to the NATO defense. Only Trump, only Trump has ever threatened to take away and actually did take away some of some of their issues if they didn't pay because then they paid. When he told them pay up, they paid up. Dave is up this morning. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Kevin, good morning. Merry Christmas, and how are you, sir? Merry Christmas to you as well. You are right, my friend. You set a timeline out as soon as Halloween gets here. It flies by, and the holidays just go too fast. Well, it's almost like, uh, as our market, uh, director of marketing and research just sent me a note this morning, and it's very true when we talk about how fast uh, the, ho- the uh, holiday season passes by, how fast did November go? And, and the description of that is, November came in, hardly spoke, got a to-go plate, and is now backing out the driveway. That's how, <laughs> that's how fast November took off. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, Kevin, two things. Uh, I found after I turned 21, the years have flown by. And also, uh, I heard a young guy on 93.1. All I caught was the last name Slate, but he sounds just like you. Wow, you're everywhere. It sounds good. And I am, I'm so happy for you that... You're finally getting the just dues and recognition that you should have gotten a long time ago. Well, we're doing the morning sports reports on uh, Classic Rock 93.1. It's out of Perryville, uh, Missouri, so we have fun. And um, we we do that uh, as part of everything else that we do in the Slayton Media Empire. Well, I, I listen to it. They've got some uh, good guys over there in uh, Randy Rayleigh in the morning and then uh, Sunday evening from 6 to 10. they got uh, Rich Dalton on, on his uh, staple doing radio on Richmond, which they play music, Kevin, that I didn't even know I liked because it's it's so uh, so old. So he's he's another one of the good guys that they brought over there. Oh, but yeah, Radio just, Rich, man. That's a name out of our past. 
Oh, my goodness gracious, absolutely. But, Kevin, I, again, as, as a longtime fan of yours, I, I'm just so happy to see the success coming your way that is long overdue. And, and again, I enjoy your show. Uh, can't thank you enough for what you do for us. Uh, and thank God for Monster Energy. You can get it at Costco at Case. Very, very, very cheap. Uh, my daughter endorsed it before you were endorsing it. Now she endorses it since you've endorsed it. So Awesome. Kevin, thanks. Have a great weekend, and I'm looking forward to the sports show. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. You betcha. Thanks, That'll be at noon today. All right. Kevin is up next. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Oh, Kevin, I just got back from a Florida vacation, and I'm dealing with climate change today. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not going to be that different. I mean, it's not going to get to the 70s, but this crazy place, it's going to be in the 60s next week here. Isn't that crazy? I'll, I'll welcome that, you know, being that I was in a warm environment recently. <laughs> and not me. Give me some nice, cool weather like we had three days ago. I like cool weather, but not too cold. So that's, that's, although I coached hockey for 15 years and was in cold ice rinks, maybe that's what changed me. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I like that 72 to 74 degree sunny day on the beach. You know, I think I like that the best. Yeah, you can get on the beach too often. I like a little <laughs> snow. Little cold weather, that wind blow right through, and you say, "Whoo, that wind is killing me!" It's so cold. When I got my Christmas tree yesterday, it was kind of spitting rain. The wind was blowing. It was cold, and I oh, liked it. You, you bought a live tree? Oh my gosh! You you tree racist? I do it every year. <laughs> and if they don't like it, they can shove it. You know where? I like to shove that tree up there. You know what? Those liberals. If they don't like it, you could just play Elon Musk for them. That's that's exactly right. Good for Elon. <laughs> that soundbite is classic of all time. And then when he says, hi, Bob, at, at the that's end. That's even just, better. That's even better. Even better. Hey, I know you're short on time, but I wanted to say this. I traveled through five different states on my vacation, and I didn't see one Biden flag, one Biden sign, nothing. You never But will. I saw several Trump flags. New ones that say Trump 2024, not the ones that people were still hanging up that said 2020 on them. I saw signs. Went through Kentucky, and there was a business there that had this big flagpole out front. That flag, Kevin, was one of those big, you know, you know, 15 foot by 30 foot flags, you know, out there. Thing was huge on the front of this uh, business, but it was a Confederate flag. And my wife and I drove by. We just pointed and laughed. <laughs> we were like, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, it is good. It is good. And I love it. You'll never yeah, see any Biden it? flags. They're not going to put those up. But the, but the psychopath liberals will try to destroy the Trump flags. Yep. And well, I I'm glad you're back you. safely, Kevin. we got to run. But yeah, uh, have a wonderful re- weekend and enjoy the football championships. You too. And I met nobody that wasn't conservative on my vacation. That tells you something. <laughs> that does tell you something. It tells you the, the thing was rigged. Uh, Thanks, without Kevin. Without a doubt. I'll call you next week. Have All a right, good weekend, thank you. Kev. You too. Take care. Bye-bye Bye. now. That's going to wrap us up, folks, for today and for the week. But we will have the Monster Energy drink. Um, stl-cars.com window world sports show at noon on 590 the fan and 590thefan.com tune in then we'll be there noon to two today love you mom love you dad love you Maureen so long everybody (laughs) 